everyone, welcome. It's it, it's uh, better homes and I was about to say nerdy people play D and D, but it's not. It's better homes and dungeons. Um, th this is a this, this is a special episode that I do once a month as a bit of a bonus to people. Um, at some point, I'm going to open a Patreon and like you know do something with that. I think, but probably not. Um, this uh, recording, I am speaking to two people that um, I worked with uh, on the uh, charity D&D thing that I was lucky enough to be a part of. Um, I am bad at naming, I'm, sorry, I am bad at introducing. So um, in, or, in alphabetical order, who are you both? And what did y'all do on this um, project? I guess B comes before T, right, in the alphabet? Yes. Even in okay. Australia, yes. Okay, well, I wasn't sure if you guys did things. You do everything, everything's backwards, so you never know. Um, sorry, the no pun, I, that was a really bad joke. Um, my name my name is uh, Brittany, uh, and I was the project manager, uh, project lead for Wisdom Under Fire. Uh, you can find me over at um, FN Dungeon Mom on Twitter, or just sort of hanging around the general uh, internet sphere, but Twitter's where I mostly, mostly currently conjugating myself, and my, my being is currently mostly emulsified in that particular zone. Unless I'm on Discord, then then it's a 50-50 split. Your Discord um, is that, sorry, the wisdom, the, sorry, the, the Wombat Rescue Project is one of the few Discords I actually participate in now. <laughs> it's like, I don't have time. Um, I don't have enough time either. Yeah. And yet I'm in like, I'm, I, you don't want to see what my discord looks like. I, I'll send you a screenshot after this, but it will make you terrified. I have to scroll to that's, that's how many I have. That's an achievement. Um, <laughs> and Tallulah, you're here as well. Yes. So my name's Tallulah. I can be found on the Twitter as fabric magpie or on Instagram as Melanipos, which I'm sure, um, we can put up a, a link to that if people are interested. I'm a freelance illustrator based in Australia. I'm about two and a half hours north from where our host is situated. <clears throat> and I came onto the project on Twitter because um, Britt put up a thing saying, I'm having this idea. And I sort of like, if you need someone, here I am. Uh, I have a background in zoological and botanical illustration. And I've done parks and wildlife management. And I've volunteered at various uh, botanical and zoological gardens in my youth. So drawing and depicting and, and educating about Australian animals is something I'm pretty passionate about. That is pretty well how I got tied up in this as well. I saw uh, <laughs> Brittany's Twitter post and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take part in this. That, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you guys can all, all thank uh, sick Brittany for um, being, I guess, brave enough. I was going to say stupid, but brave enough to actually um, decide that this was a good idea. And it would turn out to be an amazing idea. So, like, you know. Um, well, it sold over 100 copies, correct? Yes, we have. We have uh, As of recording today, uh, we have sold 110 copies so far, which is just shy of... Um, a a little over. Well, no, sorry, a little over 
$800. Uh, let me just, uh, because I have it open, because I'm that kind of person. Um, we have so far raised $822.79 for the uh, Wildlife Victoria um, fund. So yay for that. That's excellent. And I think that's probably about $1,100 <laughs> Australian, I think. Uh, $800 US at the moment would be $1,200 Australian. Well, so we, like we're over, over, we're over twelve hundred dollars Australian, yay! Yay! That's hopefully able. That's amazing. Massive. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, like any, any bit, any bit's gonna help. So, like you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited that we hopefully made some sort of contribution in some meaningful way. Uh, worst case scenarios, we literally got a bunch of people excited about Australian animals and wildlife and flora and fauna, um, and hopefully they will do a little bit more research on their own time about kind of what it's all about, uh, I mean, which would be great. We did put some weird Australian animals in, and a lot of this, I have to say, was um, <laughs> was very much Tallulah's drive. I, I added three, yeah. and then I considered myself done. Tallulah, Tallulah, yeah, Tallulah, I, I was very impressed with, I, I asked for like 20 of Australian's pop, most popular animals, and I literally, she, like, literally the next morning I wake up, and she's got for me, or they, they got for me, like, they, they, it's just like 50 animals with like biomes and fun facts, and like all these little things, I'm like, whoa, okay. After I wrote that <laughs> list, it's like 50 you know, we'll, we'll pick and choose. And then I was like, oh, we could put in, and we could put in, oh, and, and, but I, I, I restrained myself and we didn't even... to that list because we have so many already, but it's like anywhere. We didn't, we, 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 yeah, we didn't have any, we didn't really, you didn't really touch, you said you didn't really touch marine biology. No, I didn't go near marine biology because the focus was We have an octopus. We have an octopus, mm. though. Mm. So we Someone did technically... I think oh, I put they in have the something inky. like 30, 35, and then someone added two, and then I just rounded it up to the next nearest number, then plus 10. Because <laughs> then plus 10. Then plus 10. Yeah. Um, there, anywhere you go, there are all these fantastic creatures, and the more you know, the less you know, and the more there is to find mm -hmm. out. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was that filled out, because um, I got asked for a list of botanical things, and I just threw in some of the main um, families, and then someone took that and ran with creating that the, was, the botanical aspect which was fantastic that was mad fishmonger and she did an amazing job like literally messaged me and said hey would you would you mind if i did like we we have a lot of fauna do you mind if we do flora mm. i'm like yeah sure you know put it in the others tab and you know i i thought oh it's gonna be you know like a very small small section it's literally i think it's like three uh, three pages it's its own index and not only does it give like amazing cool facts about all these australian um plants uh but it also kind of gives mechanics for how they could be used in D, &D terms mm -hmm. and we actually had a review uh one of the our second review uh literally said thank you so much for putting that in there because it was i was able to i i was running uh an australian themed one shot or something or campaign or building i don't remember exactly but basically they're like oh this is so nice to have a flora <laughs> section not a lot of people think about that so i was able to flesh out my my world with that with native australian like uh like plants which was you know like amazing so like it did its job clearly I, it's very I, I much a confess. case with 
part of me mm. wanted to put in like an uh, like a tree aunt based on the um, the gimpy gimpy tree. Don't know it. Or is that the stinging tree? That is the tree that is just the incarnation of evil. Well, we've got Gidget, smells evil. So, so Brittany. Um, American... Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know what a gimpy gimpy tree is. You're about to find I out. I might know it under a different name. Um, its leaves sting. Like, it, it, it's massively high on the pain scale. Uh, its fruit is toxic. Sorry, poisonous. You can't eat it. And you can't even really burn the tree because the gas because is of toxic. The fumes. <clears throat> I have a friend that accidentally ran into one of those in Queensland and they passed out from the pain and woke up 24 hours later, still in pain, but mm. no longer... Yeah, it's it, it just like I don't understand how a thing like that evolves. Why does why did nature make that thing? I'm sure if you talk to a botanist Maybe that specialises in it, they would they would have the entire family and how it developed through and what it it keeps off on the rest. What? Yeah, exactly. What exactly does that offer to the biome if you can't even burn it because it's 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 toxic. Well, it would, I imagine, be one that grows very well and does very well, and so its seeds reproduce and can, you know, it, it continues to reproduce because things don't destroy it. Um, I, that, I, think, I think that tree won the biological lottery. There, there's also the apocryphal tale of a, uh, of a British officer who used one of the leaves to wipe his bum. Oh, no. Yeah. We don't know if that's true, but I mean, it, it, it pleases this me. Being Australia, there's always going to be a tall tale along those lines, though. Yeah. Um, well, I think we are a bunch of liars. Well, oh. one, of the, one of the lovely things about including the Australian botany in this, um, in Wisdom Under Fire, is that it reminds people that not everywhere has that generic European oaks, ash, pine, or, or uh, mm -hmm. America has a lot of either the similar sort of trees because they were once connected in the, a large landmass then continental drift and the rest but it reminds people to think if you're having a jungle or a non-european location then go and investigate mm -hmm. what's there there is more to japan than just maple trees there's more to china or cherry than just blossoms. bamboo or cherry blossoms <laughs> uh, there are so many plants that if you're not looking for them you just don't know they exist but they're quite different and they really give like grevilleas and eremophilas and our eucalypts which are now used as an ornamental elsewhere in the world so they're kind of familiar, but they're a gateway to finding out and creating a far richer world through the aromas and the visuals of different leaf shapes. Uh, so it gives the, the DM could have the opportunity to go and find some random Australian leaves or random Malaysian <laughs> leaves on the internet, cut them out and have them scatter across the table or something. So it's something completely unfamiliar to a European or an American player. And these are the leaves yeah, you're finding in the forest. Yeah, but it's educational. Mm. Like it adds that extra element, which is amazing. And actually, we have one of the encounters is called um, the old gum tree, which I I did because Kaz the kookaburra did not have an encounter, and I absolutely loved Kaz. <laughs> so I reached out to the person who created Kaz, our, one of our writers, because th that was another one of my big things was that. If you wanted to use something that somebody created, and I mean, everybody was really good about it, but I figured it was easier. It was best left said up front that if we use, if you use something, especially like another NPC, perhaps not another monster, but an NPC uh, for sure, uh, that you reach out to that, um, whoever, whoever created that, that NPC and be like, hey, um, can I please use I this? Idea. 
yeah, can I can I use it? So and they were all for it, and so I created the old gum tree, which was um, which is actually uh, uses an awakened tree stat block, but it is not necessarily the awakened tree that you would think uh, from the European American, uh, which is they usually are depicted more like a maple or an oak tree, um, but this is uh, a gum tree, and actually the artist um, uh, at Yima. Uh, who did the art for the old gum tree, and it's absolutely beautiful, based it off the winter um, gum tree. And she was literally sending me pictures, and she's like, oh my god, have you seen these? These are so beautiful. I mean, like, colors of the rainbows on these trees against this beautiful white bark was just, like, stunning. And I'm like, yes, do that. Do the thing. You have my full permission, you know, to do this. And, like, I will say that is some of my, I, I guess I can't really pick a favorite because, you know, I'm the project lead, but that is definitely in like my top 10 favorite art pieces because he's absolutely adorable. And like I love the, him. The peppermint gums are named that because they look like striped peppermint canes a little, you know, if, you, if you're squinting, so they're the red and the greens all twisted oh, and they come man. off in strips and they don't smell there's, like peppermint, unfortunately. There's but. also a thing called a rainbow gum as well. And oh, yeah, look those up. Those are really, really stunning. Um, it, it is a thing where I think the... I would love to see more Australianness in 5th edition D&D. Um, yeah. I know there's a few podcasts that do Australian things now and then. And generally, from what I've heard, it's, it's either usually people like, say, Zach Naum, who does Ice Big Giant, or Adam Cannavale, who does um, uh, D&Ds for Nerds. But I listened to one or two others where they just play the Australian thing up way too much, and I think, oh, guys, we're not just that. I am. Mm-hmm. I've not found any Australian ones, any Australian podcasts as yet that I've particularly clicked with. There is a Kiwi one called Fate of Eisen, and they have Weta and Kiwi birds and um, their biome there, which mm-hmm. is is fun. But I've not found anything that click clicks for me. And I saw you yeah. try on our little video, which the podcast. Uh, community won't be able to see, but I will, go and, I will go have a look. I will go have a look. I haven't checked out yet. Ours is more of a steampunk thing. Like, I don't even... Well, I don't even really... Yeah. I did Doesn't even connect with you. Like a Mad Max yeah. Australia type thing. But how, how, many, thought, oh. how many qual have appeared thus far in your... In, in mine? Yeah. None so far. Mm. I will go and check it out. Anyway, we should continue talking about wisdom under fire because we well, but but that's no. You guys, you guys actually bring up a really good point though about like I think it's very important um, that when you have something, and again, I'm American, so like my my knowledge base of Australia ends with Animal Planet and Steve Irwin, which coincidentally a couple days ago it would have been his fifty eighth birthday, apparently. Um, but, uh, he, but like, so I, I mean, like I know kangaroos and koalas and like everybody knows about like the, the kookaburra sits in the old gum tree song and all that kind of stuff. But like, that's, that's about it. So when I found out that I had two very knowledgeable Australian, uh, locals, not indigenous, but, or Aboriginal, but locals who had a better insight because, Hey, they live in Australia. They are here. They are there, you know? Um, I was very much all about seceding any sort of, like, if anybody had an Australian question, I was, like, immediately, 
both of you like adding you guys because I'm like I'm not going to answer this because I I don't have the context to do that now if it was something American based or even you know Western European I, I could probably answer that pretty well but Australian no I'm and I'm I'm okay with that I'm okay with you know understanding that my limitation where my where my knowledge base ends and I got to learn a lot of really cool stuff too like I learned that a numbat is not a bat and I am very happy that it's not a bat because they are the most cute little freaking animals that I've ever seen next to I don't know what is it's it's Q-U-O-K-K-A oh, I don't know how, quokka. quokka I I don't know I've I want a quokka in my life Look up like pata, and the artwork are another one similar to the patamelon similar to the quokka and and the quokka like oh the artwork for the quokka too mm. oh my god like again that's in my we'll, top we'll 10 we'll keep them for the secret <laughs> yeah oh my god like like so but but that's like but that's part of like delegating and everything is knowing when it's okay to ask for help and when you don't know something making sure that you have somebody on your project that knows a lot more than you do and is very willing and you were very willing to both of you were very willing to field any questions that anybody had about this which was so nice i i will um kind of also say the the i i was able to um not do the thing that most Australians attempted to do when someone asks us a question, which is shit talk straight back. Um, that could just be me, but I suspect it's it's like a foundational part of our character. I well, but, I know that so there are Tallulah, some Australians I, I, uh, that do that. I ask you and to I, verify your arguments. I, I am an educator, first and foremost, and I would rather debunk and I go through debunking, especially things like snakes and microbats, which I have a particular fondness for. I guess I'm, I come from the other side of the Australian psyche of fighting for the underdog in terms of all these wonderful animals. People go, oh, it's a snake, kill it. Oh, it's a bat, chop down the tree. And I'm there going, hey, snakes are fantastic. Let's, let's take away the fear aspect and actually look at what they do and what they are and aren't they actually amazing microbats or bats in general. Um, they're the only mammal to achieve true flight. They have... Uh, t the tiny little bats will live 30 years. That's like a mouse living 60 times the length of, you know, the smaller an animal is, the shorter their life tends to be. But bats kick that. They hibernate. They do all these amazing things. So rather than try and pull people's legs and, and make them believe things that are, are false to, to laugh at their stupidity, I would rather share mm -hmm. in what is amazing about the world. And that's uh, that educational and the... The fighting for the little guys, the little guys being the creatures that people just ignore or would bulldoze through for a lack of care. So, And, and certainly more mature than what I would do. I, well, I, I, I know so many people that would do that, and it's, it's not that there, funny there, there's anymore. A point. There's a point where you kind of got to go, okay, you know, silly response, and then say, but actually, no, this is the, this is the real thing. Mm. We should look at this. Well, but I was, when I was a kid, I was definitely afraid of snakes, like, like, but that was because I nearly got bit by a rattlesnake out at my camp when I was like really little. So mm -hmm. like, but but we got we have a we have a fantastic children's museum where I grew up, and when it opened, it had like this um it had this um area where you could go and you could t 
Like there was like educational things on like snakes and turtles and lizards and you know all these things and they took them out of the cages and they 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 very much de they they took the fear out of the animal and was like hey look at this cool thing and you know at 10 years old when you've been afraid for snakes for most of your 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 remembered life mm. like being able to you know go get up close to an animal that you don't particularly care for you know with an adult present and know that okay if something does go wrong like it's a there's safe somebody space yeah there's direct. a safe the, exactly there's a safe mm. space here and being able to sit there and like just spend time with these animals i'm no longer i've never i since then i've not been afraid of snakes i mean i'm wary of them in in the way that you know you're wary of creatures that you 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 want to give a healthy level of respect but i'm no longer scared of them now spiders on the other hand that's a completely different story and in fact there's one that lives currently in my uh, one of my craft drawers that we've just sort of come to an understanding that I don't open that drawer. Uh, and that's his space. And, you know, and he's a big boy, you know. So, like, you know, he we, 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 we respect each other on that level. It's a large spider. It's probably a lady. The lady spiders tend to be the larger ones. Yeah, yeah. don't tell me that because then it's going to lay eggs and then well, we're going to have... going to lay I eggs don't... unless she finds herself a paramour. Otherwise, she'll just sit well... there and keep the insects. Um, well, she hasn't bugged me, and I don't bug her. So we again, we have a we have an understanding. That's right. I think um, one one question, um, now Brittany. Yes. You you volunteered to do this, and you put a call out for volunteers. Um, yes. One one thing that I think we all noticed um, was this was very very well run. <laughs> we were, you were constantly saying, "Hey guys, you know you're amazing. You're all amazing. This is coming together. It's so lovely." Um, and that was great. Like that actually kept me very, very motivated and very well. Like, well, yeah, I want to keep helping this person out. They're they're nice. Why would I not want to help out? Um, hmm. Was this the? How many of these have you done in the past? This was this was it. <laughs> this is my first, and I was terrified. I am still. I still look back on January and beginning of February. And I go, what did sick Brittany do? And what did she, she, what did they get me? What did they get me into? What did they, what did they do? And because I was deliriously sick, like when, um, when Paper Tigress, wait, no, uh, Sabriel, uh, Serial Snowling, which is the one who did our amazing cover art. And you should totally follow, follow them on mm. Twitter. Um, Serial uh was the other person that was like yeah this is a really good idea and literally this entire thing was a twitter thread that started because i saw the which has now been debunked the wombats herding other animals into their burrows to save them and i thought boy that would be a really cool D, D adventure and then serial you know we had this back and forth and then finally we messaged each other like private message each other on twitter and i'm like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna you know like i think and i'm like i'm like uh, hopped up on sick medication in my bed you know and so i do this i set it all up and i'm on, i'm not even on my computer i have my tablet i'm don't i'm like totally remote on this and and, and i'm like oh yeah no like i'll get like i'll get like you know like dozen or so people that want to do this it's not gonna be a big thing it'll be fine it'll be fine 
I had like 25 or so within the first 24 hours, like people sign up for this. And then, and then finally I had to cut it off at 50 because I was just like, no, I can't do more than 50. And I figured, you know, because of real life and other things and commitments and just stuff that comes up and, oh, you know, potential, potentially interest now, but not interest in actually doing the project. You, we, we lose a little, you know, a couple people here and there, the things. And we did. And I think it was over 35. We ended up having like, I think it was like 35 to 39 contributors. And I ended up pulling a pulling in a couple artists that I knew from Twitter uh, just at the end. So then the artists were, because they were like, they were banging out artwork, like until the 11th hour, like literally the 11th hour. Um, and Tallulah, you were one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, no, like it was my first time doing this and I was terrified through the entire process, but I had been part of a couple of collabs before and I knew what worked. I knew what didn't. I knew what I liked from the collabs I knew what I didn't and it was just very much I wanted to create a very opening inviting space that yes here's the guidelines here here's what I envision here's what I need from you guys but everything else come to me with your ideas come to me with your you know your you know your ma- oh you're gonna do magic items all right we're gonna do magic items now okay we're gonna do yes. you know it's a botanical section that suddenly unfolds into its own section Yes, like oh, I thought this was just gonna be like a like a subsection of another appendix. We have like we have like, I don't know what letter is E in the alphabet. Mm. Fifth. <laughs> Fifth, we have five append. Thank you, five appendix, five appendix appendices. Appendices, I think. Appendices. Okay. <laughs> English. It's hard. Uh, yeah, so yeah, no, that was sort of the crazy thing that led to this. And then just everybody, you know, everybody who contributed and was helpful and just gave everything. And I, I didn't, you know, like, you know, you had like uh, Linda who did our layout, who also wrote the bulk majority of our stat blocks, too. Um, like. Yeah. Yeah, Lydia, she Lydia. did, she did the, she, yeah, Lydia, she did the, names are hard and it's past eight o'clock for me, so I'm like, it's good. Eh. Uh, uh, thank you for correcting me there, but yeah, Lydia, she did, she did not only did she, Lydia and Jane did our layout, but Lydia did most of our stat blocks, like, everybody was just so good about when somebody needed something, and especially if I couldn't point them in the right direction, or if somebody had a resource, Everybody was so good about sharing and collaborating and contributing and lifting each other up. And we did this in three weeks. It seems really weird that it happened so in that, that it was small mo- amount of time. It felt like longer. It did. It did. I, like, I, and I the- pretty much lived on Discord <laughs> for that time, I think. But, and we were like getting close and I'm three- like, I need to step away from this as soon as, as, soon as <laughs> illustration stuff is because I was finishing off um, a book cover for Oliver Clegg for Standing for Lawn. But I'm, oh my god, that but, looks so good, by the oh, way. So, I'm, I'm getting paid to do things like zombie sea serpents. It's fantastic. Um, cool. You need to do but, more things like oh, that. Oh, pe- people throw, mo- throw money my way, and I'm happy to do more like that. I think one of the things that really made this successful was the communication aspect, in that it started on yeah. Twitter, and people shouted, or, you know, people messaged on Twitter, and then it rapidly went over to Discord. And you mm-hmm. uh, went through and you set up all these files so people could drop stuff in. And they were easy to find, they were easy to cross-reference, and there were different channels where 
people could, you know, we had our, our general chatter and then our different sections so people could communicate. All the artists could chat and share pictures and ask for feedback and the writers could do the same and the editors could do the same. Mm-hmm. And so there was this place. And because we're scattered around the world, I'm not sure how many people we had from Europe. I think a lot were from America. But our time zones all overlap. So there was generally someone semi-active on there. Um, yeah. And, and, it and kept anybody like... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like that first week I was, I was really, really nervous because like, I kind of like gave everybody their marching orders and then it was like radio silence for like three, four days. And I'm like, oh, oh, is this actually going to, are we going to get, get, get something? And then, and then people started putting things on the spreadsheets and spreadsheets, my God, are your friend. Um, And that's, that's something that I learned from other collabs is that if you have a place where you can well organize something and we had we had we had two main spreadsheets we had the writer submission spreadsheet and then we had the artist submission spreadsheet and basically the writer submission spreadsheet had different tabs for whatever it was if it was an encounter a magic item a stat block um and then it had an it had the 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 name of the the or the discord at least the discord name um of the of the contributor and editor and then a place where you could put the link to your Google file and so that the editor could go and edit it. And then basically taking that and then having it, I spent probably one, one uh, slightly alcohol-induced evening. I don't think I could have got through doing that with a, without a glass or two of wine. Um, sitting there and basically transposing once we had all once the writing deadline was done like the like the majority of them had been submitted um and i had to i had to extend that because i forgot about uh martin luther king uh or there was there was a there was a weekend i think it was like president's day weekend or something and some 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 weekend that you know like everybody goes and does things so i was like oh shoot i forgot about that you know so we extended it and then um and then just basically taking all that information and then organizing it into a document where we could um uh <clears throat> where we could have the writer or where we could have the artist then sign up for pieces and then everything went into a google drive folder which was also laid out for specific things as well and yeah like i said it was that that was all taken from other collabs that i've been part of and again just seeing things that i liked that I felt were useful tools that were real that that helped me personally as a writer mm. um you know and then just you know seeing just seeing what I could what I could what I could take and what I could uh you know I guess appropriate <laughs> um, yes. we had, but yeah we had no it worked out really well yeah appropriate I mean, like, but then again, like, that's the thing about, I've noticed with a lot of people who do collabs is, like, you ask permission to be like, hey, I really like the way that you did this. And they're like, yeah, no, go use it, go forth and prosper, you know. Also also that element of everything we do as creatives, one way or another, is building on the shoulders of giants or the shoulders of many other people. So in terms of coming up with methods of running a project, Mm -hmm. this is how they get better. And I guess where there's the the failures to learn from past mistakes is where projects fall apart or or lacking that that knowledge base to draw upon or being afraid to reach out to that knowledge base. And one of the things that nobody, nobody was afraid to reach out. Like Mm. everybody was like, Hey, I have a question. Oh, look here. I have an answer. Hmm. The, the general 
D&D community or the general role play, tabletop role play community has, I've only been on Twitter a few years now, but it's ongoing mm-hmm. shown this charity and generosity of spirit and heart in terms of both raising funds for worthy causes and the, the sharing of knowledge and the generally the, there's, there's always humans, humans, you get more than two in a room and you get politics. Um, but I think overall the, the uplift of people within mm-hmm. the, the community that want to enable each other to do things that make them happy and make other people happy is fantastic. And this project has definitely been one of those little gems, <laughs> one of those sparkly little zircons in the, um, the crown of the community. I, yeah, I could not, I, I mean, and that's the thing, like, I think a lot of people, when it comes to things, uh, I mean, maybe not necessarily the tabletop community, but in a lot of aspects of life, you are very much taught that it's a competition. Like, you are competing against another person, another thing, another whatever it is. But I've found in my experience with the tabletop community, with the with the creator community, it is very much everybody is so uplifting. Everybody raises each other up. There is, you know, like obviously there's, you know, there's like you said, there's always going to be a little bit of politicking involved because, you know, like you said, you get two humans in the room together and yeah, things happen. But I mean, generally overall, it's it's a very, very inspiring community to be a part of because it's it's very much that okay yeah we're gonna totally uplift everybody we're not gonna you know like oh you made this cool thing oh cool i kind of made the same cool thing but we did a different take on it but that's okay you know like it's 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 very much uplifting nobody's really trying to like beat each other into the ground and into the dirt because i must be better than you you know like there's there's no there's no i mean and and, you know like in communities like there's there's still people that are put on pedestals because that again that's just the nature of humanity but even the people that are put on those pedestals still reach down and lift others up and that is just that is something that you don't see in everyday life especially now and it's really really refreshing you know in a world that wants to genuinely pit you against another human being for a random arbitrary reason that doesn't really make sense once you dissect and go into it a little bit I mean that's just my been my general my general viewpoint of the community at large you know yeah I mean when you I think when you look at like the um and and I've I've been very very lucky to chat with a whole bunch of people who design a whole bunch of things. Um, a, all of them are really generous with time. It's it's lovely. Like, the, the, there are a lot of people out there who will say, "Oh, you think about doing this? Let me have a look." And they'll have a look, and they go, "Oh yeah, this is good. Maybe have a look at this." Or, "Hey, have you seen this person's work in this area?" Um, and it is a really lovely community. And I and I think the the group of people that we all worked with, mm-hmm. all really lovely. Like yeah. I think there was and, there was one interaction yeah. I had with someone that I found amusing because they told me I put a grammatical error into their work in a sentence that had a grammatical error in it, and I was I was amused because <laughs> that's how my brain works. Um, but no, the like when you look at a community and you, and you see like ninety nine percent of this is loveliness, I would have to say yeah. that is an absolute success on your part, Brittany. <laughs> You know, I, mean, I, I don't know it, how much. Um, I take I take zero I take zero credit for that one. So okay. like I, didn't have to I am well, strong arm. No, out. I. 
Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have. I had a couple people who dropped out because of of real life things, and then they respectfully asked that I didn't include their material, which I didn't because you know that was it wasn't public. You know, like that's not my place to take something that somebody doesn't want me to publish. So I didn't. Um, but then we had some people, you know, like we, we didn't really have a lot of, there wasn't, there wasn't any, uh, for lack of a better word, drama queens, um, in anything, or um, or kings or non-binary, you know, uh, uh, sovereigns. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it just, I mean, honestly, it was more probably me. You didn't see the head wombat chat, but it's probably more of me in the background flailing my, my, my arms uh and running around like a chicken with my head cut off for most of it and just sort of like praying that this turned into something amazing which it did it exceeded all my expectations um and then some the fact um, the fact that those people who wanted to be a part of the the project but realized they couldn't told people earlier mm -hmm. and said look i've got to bow out on this was really useful and I think mm -hmm. a, a very, a very good part of the project in terms of you know, kudos to them for recognizing their limits and not stringing mm -hmm. along, or, or saying I'll, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and either turning in something mm -hmm. that they weren't satisfied with or forcing uh, editors to chase them. It meant that the energy of the project kept going on what could be finished and what could be achieved. And mm -hmm. while the names that are on the the wisdom under fire thing and the people that could put stuff in, I would just like to do a shout out and a thank you to those people that were there and they might not have been able to contribute anything or they started contributing something, but they, they couldn't maintain that, but they still cheered us on and they gave us ideas mm -hmm. in the first place because they were still part of that process. And while their names might not be there, mm -hmm. they were still, they were still important. Oh yeah. They were there in the background and they, they definitely contributed to that very healthy work environment and I had a couple, I mean, like, I had a couple of, I had some, I had edited a couple of things and I messaged, you know, the, the writers and I said, hey, you know, uh, you know, and, and I, and I fully, I fully, like, take responsibility for the fact that, like, my encounter example was very bare bones, um, even though it said you could go up to 300 words, which is basically like a column's length, um, and so, but, Everybody that I reached out to at the end were I needed to modify and it was less than we needed. Well, we didn't need to. It, it wasn't modify. It was more like expand. Um, a couple of the encounters were just lacking in material. Um, but every all the writers that I reached out to for for those um, encounters, they just needed a little bit more help. They were very good about going back and like or sitting with me and working to make their their encounter what it like i could see where they were going but they they just needed that little extra push to get there um in terms of making it uh comparable and um uh translate into uh D, &D terminology and language which really that, helped. That like, they I were they had a struggle with with my stat blocks so um I can't remember who did the editing on my stat blocks and whatnot, but whoever did was really, really great. So thank, thank you, yeah. whoever that was. I don't remember. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's probably you. Probably the spreadsheets are still up. I haven't deleted them, so you can go back and look. Because <laughs> <laughs> your editor's Amazon name box is of chocolates. 
Yeah, I mean, like, no, like, everybody was really great, and we had, like, very, we had a lot of varying talent levels. Um, we had some very experienced people, some that had moderate experience, and some that this was their first project on, and everybody was very good about lifting each other up and, and pulling each other along when they needed that help. And like I said, those those last couple of stat blocks that I, I had to sit and modify with the writer it was a very lovely experience. Like I enjoyed it because they were willing and the, the willingness and eagerness to learn, like, cause it could have been, it could have totally have been another, like, it could have been like one of those drama queen, king, sovereign, uh, you know, things. Drama folks. Drama folks. Yes. Drama llamas. Drama llamas. Yes. They could have been drama llamas. I like that. That's better. They could have been drama llamas and been like, no, this is perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. How, how could I, I don't, you know, like they could have been very antagonistic about it. Um, but they were not, they were very good about being like, Hey, you know, like you think that this can be better. I want to learn. I want to know, please help me. And so, I mean, and I was never, I never, and I, I, it was never more of, you know, it was never something of this is bad. It needs to change. It was more of, I, I, I see the soul of this and I see where you want to, you want it to go. So let me help you push it in that direction. Let me, let me, you know, let's, 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 let's walk hand in hand towards what you, what I, what I know you want to do with it. I, I, it, I would it was, say, yeah, it was like lovely. When, um, I did a bunch of magical items. All of them are very, very silly. Um, <laughs> I love and, your magical and items. Most of those, those magical items amazing. will require back, Most of those magical items will require a background understanding or, or googling of Australian politicians, at least. Australian but, people. I people. I think I think they're amazing. I I kind of I think I sent you a message and went. Are is this? I think I think my message basically boiled down to: Is this an Australian thing? Is this like an inside joke? Because yeah. I was like, yes, it's with yes, a politician," it and then you were, you were well, yeah, you were like, "Yes, it is." I'm like, "Okay, all right, fine. I'm just gonna, you all, know, I'm." All of them I, it's are. like one of all of them. one of those. <laughs> I had to look up the Angus like, one because I didn't get that one at first. I'm like, eh, I like guitar, Australia, Angus. Ah, right. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> were you did, were you the one that did the? Were you did shook the... all night long when you when you realized? No. <laughs> were you the one that did the 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 helmet the helmet I of did, Hoth? Yeah, I uh, Holt. I did that. So if there's any Australian listeners, I imagine there's at least a couple. Uh, the helm of Holt is a Milo tin with a snorkel attached. For any international <laughs> listeners that haven't heard of Prime Minister Harold Holt. He was, uh, I can't remember what number, but he was one of our prime ministers that went into the sea for a swim and never came back. There is now a swimming pool named after him in Canberra. And one of the old conspiracy theories is that Japanese submarines collected him because he defected to the other side during the war. Um, he probably just drowned, probably got eaten by, you know, nudibracts and other bottom feeders because Australia has a lot of beach and there are rips and there are unsafe waters, and there's the occasional beautiful, graceful shark swimming through that makes everyone leave the water, but which is fair yeah. call because it's... I, I, I don't know um, what our international audience would call, would if they use the same terminology we do, but in Australia, a rip is a really, really strong current that yanks you right out to sea, and they're really scary to be caught in. Uh, oh, riptide. Yeah. So Australians shorten everything. We have a, a tendency 
a tendency to no uh, abbreviate it's, no 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 but that that's that's cool though and I've actually wanted to ask you about that helmet because like I'm like there's a story there there's clearly a story there and it was one of those things that I, I always wanted to ask but like there was never the time so I'm glad that I actually got the story because that is an amazing story and I I do love that there's a I, swimming pool a commemorative swimming pool named after yes. this bloke that disappeared out at sea it's and Canberra our capital city is in the middle of a desert it's yeah. oh, inland to keep it safe from naval threats, and it's very dry. Um, I mean, I, I, I think yeah. keeping it where it is also keeps us safe from, well, um, doesn't keep us safe enough from it, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all, the, all the magical items I did were all based on Australian people. Um, there were the, the slippers that were based on Kathy Freeman's sneakers from the 2000 Olympics. Um, okay, and there was the Flory's ointment, and Flory was um, one of the scientists who discovered how penicillin actually works and made it into oh, a, cool. into a usable form. So that is really cool. Yeah, we, we contribute. We just we just don't talk about it much because it doesn't. Yeah, you guys sport. are. You... But you guys aren't really showboaty, I've noticed, you know, so that's that's not a bad thing. Um, it's interesting, I... having been over to America, and I think Australians don't tend to puff themselves off because we have a tendency that you cut people that are, are being above themselves down. Yes. So mm -hmm. you, you keep very humble, or people tend to keep humble and mild about their achievements because if they trumpet their own abilities and people go, oh, yeah, you're legend in your own lunchbox mate you're, you're you're a blowhard you are you know you're not anything special whether a person is special or not if you are the one to talk about it whereas having been over in america and america's like i did this and i did that and my cattle's bigger than anything any, anywhere else in texas um and then when australians come over and we're with or at least the ones that i've hung around with we, we underplay our talents and then when we do something amazing ish the americans go oh you've been lying to us you're, you're actually capable of doing these things you'd be saying oh i'm not very good and then you, you hit it out of the park um and it's just, I think we it's are also difference. quite likely to look at those people who say oh i'm the best at this i'm number one at this or i'm an expert in this you just kind of give and them like a raised a eyebrow and say yeah sure whatever mate yeah i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you are <laughs> or, yeah, or carefully, you. carefully take them down a peg because it's what we do to each other here in australia uh, the tall puppy i believe, I believe stuff. you mean caustically take each other down a peg abrasive well, but see, but see, that's the thing, like, I, I don't, you know, like, I think, I think there's a difference between, like, showboating and being proud of your achievements, mm. but I definitely think that Americans tend toward, trend towards the more showboating, um, on average, and I'm very much a person, at least, again, this is me speaking of myself, that is very, very much realized that it's okay to be middle of the pack, like, you know, everybody, I just remember, like, because I, I, this is a little bit about myself, but, like, I was somebody, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm decently good at art, I have a graphic design degree, but, like, when I was a kid, everybody was like, oh my god, you're so good, you're blah, 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 you know, like, so, you know, but I'm like, I don't really know if I'm, you know, like, it's about effort sort of to that. maintain, to, to be cutting edge or yeah. in front of anything. It requires yeah, a lot and of I, mental fortitude and, and self-confidence or the ability to fake self-confidence, which I think is I have seven-eighths <laughs> of actually being I have confident. 
It is. Yeah, I have neither of those, but then it was it was almost a comfort really when I went to college and I went to art school and I realized I am I am middle of the pack and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it was a good it was a comfort to me, like weirdly enough. Like I'm not the best, but I'm maybe not the worst. You know, maybe above average, but <laughs> like you know, um, but I think it's definitely recognizing, like, you know, again, bringing it back to the project a little bit, uh, semi-segue, um, where it's recognizing where your ter- talents lie and and when you need to lean on others for help. And since this was my first time being a project lead, and since this was my first time doing anything remotely insane um (laughs) like this i very much from the get-go was and i learned a lot too like i learned a lot about how things come together uh because up until this point i just submitted my adventure or submitted my thing or submitted whatever writing piece that i had contributed to an anthology and then I got with an editor, I got with a map person, and that was about it. And then I just waited for it to be released. And nothing, you know, like, I was very excited when it was released, but, like, that was my extent. But now being able to see, like, how it all comes together and how much you have to be, how much you have to rely on others and just, it's 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 so much delegation, but it's all, again, it truly is realizing where your strengths are. And then letting everything else be delegated by people who know how to do, um, how to do things, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, better than you. And that's okay, you know. Um, but I will say, I feel like, I definitely feel like after this project, I think I could definitely qualify myself and sign up for it as an editor, for a project because I, 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 I did help edit a lot of different things in this, even though I wasn't technically signed up as an editor. Sure. Now um, we, I, I am just about out of time. So I, I'm going to ask one last question. Um, yes. And it's one I ask pretty well my guests. Um, what do each of you do for self care? Self care? Uh, Tallulah, you can go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, It's a hard one in that, so I'm a freelance illustrator. I have projects come and go. I have my own projects that I should work on, but I don't have client work come in. (laughs) That said, I've just strung up some tablet weaving things, and I've done about a meter and a half of tablet weaving while listening to podcasts in the last 24 hours. Um, I think hydration. (laughs) So one of the things... So anytime a friend is stressed or, you know, I'm, I'm helping someone solve a problem, one of the first things I say is, have you had a cup of water in the last half hour? <laughs> and they go, oh. Is oh, the then. answer usually no? The answer is frequently no. And for myself, if anything starts getting a bit too overwhelming, I think, well, have I had a drink of water? Have I had something to eat? Uh, but that's, you know, mm. day-to-day sort of stuff, if it all starts getting a bit too much. Um, okay, so for me, the two, two things that really – uh, if I don't do them, I feel myself physically and mentally being stodgy or just stiltifying and stagnant is art or something creative, which is great because that's what my career is, but also physical exercise. 
So I do mm. uh, Taekwondo and I have a, a personal training session that I do with a friend, which is basically just um, squats and crunches and things that lead into my Taekwondo. <laughs> but if we're during school break or something and I don't have the Taekwondo and I'm not going out with a dog, going for a walk or whatnot, I can actually, like, I just, I can hear my, feel my head in, like, inside my head souring. And that getting out and getting the cardio up for, for me, and it's not for everyone, I imagine, but that is a part of and just good headspace for me because when I am working on an artwork or like the, this weaving or when I'm doing my martial arts, my head is just in that space. I'm not worried about what I need to do later, what I haven't done because I, I think a lot of people sit there and go, oh, I should have, I could have, I would have. I, if I'm working on three different projects, then which one takes priority? And having an hour where mm-hmm. I'm just punching or kicking things. Um, and, and by things, I mean target, uh, not people. No problem. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Having, having an hour, hour and you... a half where I'm just focusing on one thing is really, really good for me, headspace-wise. But um, for me, uh, for me, is doing something creative that isn't writing or graphic design-based. Um, personal projects for graphic design are my caveat to that. Um, cause I have a lot of, I, I enjoy doing a lot of vector based art, um, in Illustrator. That's kind of my specialty. Although I, I do want to get better at digital art this year. Um, AKA drawing on an actual tablet and being able to interface with that because I can sketch and then I t- usually take those sketches into Illustrator and then I, you know, uh, I work on them there, but I would like to be able to just take that you know, be able to do it completely uh, digital. So that's my goal this year. But the way that I like to de-stress is um, a big one for me is a bubble bath. I get a bubble bath with my bath caddy and uh, a tablet and a glass of wine or a cup of tea, depending on when it is during the day because I am a stay-at-home mom. So uh, the wine usually waits until after my kid goes to bed. Um but I just relax in there for a half hour, an hour, and I just recenter and recollect myself. It's, it's, it really helps me refocus and just sort of reset my brain. Um, but another thing is doing like a bunch of different crafty projects. Like you did your, you said that you did your loom, uh, yeah, your, weaving. your weaving, your weaving thing. Um, and I saw that on, I saw that on Twitter today, and that was that looked really cool. There's, there's so many mistakes um, in it you can't see. <laughs> Okay, I could well, but see, that's the thing. Like you, as the creator, see those mistakes, whereas I, the, you know. Well, there's also that uh, as, as I, the any viewer, craft, do not any craft. You've got that yardage that you've got to get through to figure out until the patterns become familiar. Oh yeah, yeah, to totally. And that in itself, there's that experimental stuff. I find that really relaxing. Of just oh, me messing too. around with things without an expectation of there being a finished product. And sometimes me too, it works, me too, especially. It I, I love that too. I I do that. I I'm relearning how to knit. Yeah. Uh that's been one of my zen zen projects because like I need when like video games used to do it for me but they don't anymore. Like I need something that I can not only engage my mind but also like my hands. So like like and and tactile, not like something that's in the computer because I do all my work on the computer, so I need something that is not computer based. Um, and I last year I relearned how to knit, and so I've been doing that and just like experimenting. And my husband, my husband always says that he 
and I, I he always hates to see me uh, sit there and work on something for like an hour or two and then and then literally just rip it all out and go again. He's like, that's just so depressing. I'm like, yeah, but that's just how you learn. That's the cool part about when, it, you when know. Like, and it is when you're confident, ping me because I've got some knitting patterns for random animals, including octopuses. <laughs> and oh my god, yes, yeah. when, when I have not gotten there. I, I can crochet very well. I can crochet animals, but I cannot knit animals. Yeah, I want to get there. But yes, thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you buy Wisdom Under Fire. Uh, thank you for having us on, and it's been absolutely a pleasure to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, with Wisdom Under Fire, if you do uh, buy and, and or play the game, please do uh, at us on Twitter so that we can and, and tell us about your favorite bits and what's worked well for you because... Mm -hmm. I, as you're saying, 30, more than 35 people have poured three weeks of their life into this, and <laughs> I'm certain more than a thousand hours were compressed. Oh of yeah, just creativity uh, into creating this amazing and new. Yeah. Um, you can you can also use the hashtag Wisdom Under Fire as yeah. well. So. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. You guys have a lovely rest of your day, and I get hopefully we'll talk to you later. I don't know if that'll happen, but maybe maybe yeah. down the road. Hey. <laughs> Bye. Be fun. Hi everyone, Josh from the future here. Unfortunately, I had to bail a little bit before uh, we finished this podcast. Uh, fortunately, both Tallulah and um, Brittany were nice enough to finish it off. So uh, if you're wanting to uh, track me down, I'm findable at Nerdy People D and D on uh, the Twitters. And uh, please check out the uh, other podcasts I do, the actual play of Curse of Strahd, but it's Steampunk, and of course the Margrave campaign. Uh, thank you very, very much. Have a great day. Bye.